Hey y'all, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, a romance novel podcast in which two best friends recap and review romance novels while giggling and loving on each other. This week we have a much anticipated book, which was recommended by a record five listeners. Sally Thorne's debut novel, The Hating Game. Get ready for some enemies to lovers goodness. (laughs) Oh, hey, Aaron. Good morning, Melody. Good afternoon, Erin. It is so nice to see your shining face. In the daytime. (laughs) In the fucking daytime. Yeah. We've decided that Erin is at her best in the actual daytime. So we're going to try our hardest to not make her record between the hours of midnight and 4 a.m. Right. That's our goal. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still going to happen, I'm sure. But every once in a while, I mean, and and I'll I'll get up early or late at some point too. You know, it'll, our schedules are going to make us do it. So, but I'm in such a good mood, not only because it's only 9 a.m. here, but because Mm -hmm. we don't have to talk about that fucking book anymore. (laughs) And we can talk about the hating game now. Uh huh. (laughs) Yay. Can I tell you? My favorite thing that well, I have two favorite things from the the cult this week. One is that there are multiple listeners in addition to me who have read the hating game multiple times because mm-hmm. every time they got so pissed off at uh, Knight in Shining Armor, they would just like like put it away and take out the hating game as like a palate cleanser. <sighs> I have actually read this book five times because a I thought that. They were switched. I thought the hating game was before Night in Shining Armor. Remember? Yeah. I remember the moment that I had to yeah. tell you. You were like, the hating game, it's so good. And I was like, but you know we have to read this turd first, right? And you were like, no. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first read through. And I'm really glad I did it because since then I've just gone back. Um, in addition to reading like other books in in other series that I'm reading right now too. Anyway. This was the first book we read for the podcast that – you know how I'm always scrambling at the last minute to get the book yeah. done. I'm like burning the midnight oils trying right. to flip through and like figure out what the ending is so that I can talk intelligently about it. <laughs> this book I finished on, what was it, like Wednesday? It was Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. Uh, and I was like, Melody, this this book, I, I was reading in the morning, like I was getting up at 5 a.m. and like reading for an hour so that I could like, you know, this is what I usually do to finish the book. I'm reading for an hour. Okay, 6 a.m. dawns around. I'm going to go to the gym or whatever. And I was like, but I can't. So I didn't go to the gym <gasps> all the days of the week. I also broke my toe, so fuck them. But anyway, yeah, I broke my toe. But Aaron! What, what are they going to do for a broken toe? The lead. Like, well, yeah, it's nothing. Like, you I'm just not have even going to go to the doctor for it. How it's did definitely you do broken. Did you stub but, like, your toe? I don't even know. I was telling, so I had that big trial, you know. Yeah. And so I was in army heels for like two weeks. And I think I was just stomping around too much in the army heels that are not made for comfort or style. They are not. No. Which is weird. Yeah. It's it's weird they're not made for comfort because they are ass ugly. Yeah. And I I said to my co-counsel, hey, I definitely broke my toe last week. And I was like, I don't know when I did it. And she's like, what what about when you like took that big tumble on the ice (laughs) outside in the (laughs) parking lot? And I was like, I don't remember that. So I probably had a concussion too, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember doing that. So. Oh, no. Neat, right? 
Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, you got a you got a you sent me a text that was like, Melody, what happens if I run out of book? Yeah. And I was like, you reread it, bro. So That's what you do. Gym, I was like, at first I skipped the gym. Then I was like, okay, it's that time of the morning where if I don't shower right now, I can't go to work today. Yeah. You know, like that, you know, witching hour of the morning where it's like, ooh, five minutes more and I'm going to mm. be super late. I was like, I don't know what to do. So I bought the audiobook so that I could keep yeah. reading on the way to work. It was bad. I did the same thing. Yeah. I actually have, I was listening to the audiobooks while going on all of my walks this week. Like, mm-hmm. we're addicts. This we is need the first to read book more of this author. Where I was really like, this is her first book. I know. Anyway, this is the first book where I was like, I, I, I felt like, what am I going to do when I run out of book? <laughs> I know. And I think this is the first book we've recorded for the podcast that I've had that like horrible, what am I going to do when I run out of book feeling? Mm -hmm. Because I felt that for Beauty and the Mustache, but the answer was read the other six. Read all the Winstons. Yeah. But I was like, woof. I know. I know. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about something. Oh, okay. Well, it reminded me because... I've been having this kind of like conundrum this week. And then Uh the whole thing with the Gammons and the Bexleys in this book. Yes. So there was this Instagram person that was making these great coffee mugs that have the the traits of the Hogwarts houses on them. Uh Uh-huh. And you can get your Hogwarts house and like drink the mug. And I was like, these are cute. I'm going to get one of these. Have you seen the scented candles too? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've always believed myself. Wait, wait. Can I guess? Wait, can I guess which one you are? Well, this is what it's going to cut to my core. I don't know if I want you to. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. I have it narrowed down to two, and I'm having a really hard time yeah, choosing. Me too. And they're the worst so, ones. No, that's not true. You are either a Ravenclaw or you are a Slytherin. I think I'm a Slytherin. I was looking at the mugs. I think you're a Slytherin. And then here's the thing <laughs> no one ever. Ah, when you take the online quizzes, you never come out Slytherin because the BuzzFeed skewed toward Gryffindor because all the heroes are Gryffindors in the book, so you want to be a Gryffindor. But when you actually read about the Slytherins, I think mm. I'm a Slytherin. You're totally a Slytherin, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. How ashamed dare of. you? I have, no. I have a lot Ro- of other no. friends who How- self-identify mm. as Slytherins. No. It is okay. It's good. It's scary. J.K. Rowling always says this. It's like, <laughs> oh, Slytherins aren't so bad. Like, Slytherins, blah, blah, blah. It's just a personality traits and whatever. But I'm like, bitch, name one good Slytherin. <laughs> like, name one good Slytherin you wrote up in your book that doesn't have, that's like nice to anyone ever. Well, yeah. Um, no, there's, there's some. Name one, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having a hard time naming one. And I know, listener, I know you're out there being like, Snape, Severus Snape, but think about it. Because yeah. he's, he's not a good dude, like, at all. He's completely self-motivated. And yeah, he sacrificed himself to blah, 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 blah. Right. But he that does was all honorable motiv- things. No, he's but like not the quintessential nice honor. guy. He's no, no, the, I know. He's the guy that helped Lily Potter, like, move her stuff one day and then was like, <laughs> now I deserve for you to smooch on me and then was an <laughs> asshole to her forever that's severus snape dude it is nothing you are you are good but you're also like i'd say you're 60 40 slytherin ravenclaw you think the sorting hat would have would have a hard time yeah i think the sorting hat would ask you ultimately i don't know what i would do in that situation 
I don't know. See, you're easy. Like, you, I don't have to tell you, you self-identify as a Hufflepuff, right? Oh, like, that's not yeah. something I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm completely a Hufflepuff, yeah. Although, like you said, all the tests skew Gryffindor, so I always test Gryffindor, but I know in my bones, I am not a Gryffindor. Like, I could be. I mm-hmm. think that there's a, you know, the sorting hat would, would think about it for a minute, but never would they ever put me into Gryffindor. I'm, I'm brave, definitely a Hufflepuff. Right? That's a that's a Gryffindor. Yeah, you're brave. They're I'm big brave. dummies though. That's the problem. Is they're big Yeah, dummies. they just like they they're just bulls in china shops. That's mm-hmm. what Gryffindors are. Yeah. David's a Gryffindor. <laughs> I think Michael's Wait, uh, see, I don't Michael... want to imply there that I think David's a big dummy. That was not what no. <laughs> I realized that <laughs> I if know. you had 1 plus 1 there, that's what that equals. That's not true. <laughs> But, I don't think know. that you would marry a guy who you think is a big dummy. No, he's so not we're a good. big dummy. But in and terms see, of like Michael, the bravery and the loyalty and the character and the integrity and all that stuff. Right? I would have a hard time putting Michael in between either Bitch. Gryffindor or Slytherin. I was going to say, he's a Slytherin through and through. No. no. No, because he is so loyal and he's so caring and he's so... All of those things. Slytherins um, are loyal too. They are. They mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Yeah. Probably they're probably more Michael Michael's brand of loyal too. <laughs> I just wish there was like one good Slytherin. Like it wasn't just like Crab and Goyle and, and I don't Draco know. Malfoy. I mean Draco is just a tragic He's figure. Just I don't. Yeah. I don't look to him as like a villain at all. I see him as a, a really tragic kid who can't figure his life out and doesn't know what he wants and doesn't know how to get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just knows that that he's got this big, scary family reputation to live up to. And so he has to try to do that, even though Draco's not actually even a very good bully. <laughs> like, no. It's just so sad. Everything about he's him sad. is so sad. That last book, he's a tragic, tragic character. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm totally got, a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Pa- well, except the only thing is patience is not one of my virtues. So I would be kind of the worst Hufflepuff, but, but I'd still are. be there. No, but you think that, but you are very patient. You think that, but you are. You are You are very patient with your son. I'm certain of it. I yes. mean, yeah, until I, until I have no more. And you yes. have had some very <laughs> long-term goals that you have stuck to. Oh, yeah, that's so true. That you have, like, sacrificed a lot in your life to make, like, long-term goals happen in ways that I don't think I could. Because I would just be like, I want to do that. <laughs> so I'm going to. Oh, yeah, that's very true. I think yeah, you're very listener, I paid off like almost a hundred K worth of student loans in under five years because Michael and I decided we had to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I worked three jobs sometimes and did not go out and made my whole life paying off those loans. I think that's I did it hugely like a patient. It's actually true. That's yeah. actually true. I think I what think you're about thinking like about that. specifically is food. <laughs> <laughs> that is part of it. Yes. Um I get I get hangry in a way that is unearthly probably mm-hmm. or otherworldly I should say. Mm-hmm. Well no, and I'm pretty impulsive. Right. Anyway, I still think I would be a terrible Hufflepuff, but I'd be there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Man, what were we saying last week? We were talking about this girl, this uh, lady we don't like, and or maybe we don't, we don't not like her. She's just like we're, oh, we're yeah. acquaintances, yeah, we were not friends. About- <laughs> we were just shit talking on another woman. That's what we were doing, yeah. listener. And yeah, and Aaron that? goes, "What house do you think she would be in?" And without missing a beat, I said, "She's a muggle." <laughs> yeah, she's a squib. <laughs> she's a squib. <laughs> Oh, man, now the listener thinks we're bitches. Do sometimes you think we, we are, are Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, probably. yeah. Sometimes we're definitely bitches. All right. Usually it's lighthearted and fun, but uh, I'd yeah, love we're to say bitches. that she like deserved that, but she didn't. She's no. just a regular lady living her life. She didn't even She's double great. cross us or anything. No, and most of the time she really is great. She's just like not our people. Right. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. Anyway, anyway, so with that, that whole, barbed tongue remark. Yeah. The whole reason I was thinking about this was because of the Bexleys and the gammon, because I was reading I was reading this book and I was thinking mm-hmm. we would be on opposite sides of this company. Yo yeah. Yeah, I'm a gammon through and through. You are a Bexley yeah. through and through. I, when she said the part about so so we'll we'll get into it. But there's a part in this book where she talks about how so it was a company merger and one company is just different than the other company. And when they moved into the the new building, uh-huh. there's parking in a in a subterranean garage. And yep. she's like And she's they, like everybody who gets here early, aka the Bexleys. They get <laughs> the parking spot. the spots. And she says it so bitterly, and I'm just like Wake Bitch, up get to earlier. Work. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Like, I don't understand. Like, if if it's better for you professionally and for your parking comforts, mm-hmm. just get there at five. Like, I, it, it was just really confusing to me. I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, she sort of says it like that because she does get there early most of the time. My favorite. Um, not as early as the Bexleys. No, no, not as early She's as She's always as walking Joshua. in that rain to her car. That's right. My favorite moment where she's talking about, she's describing a coworker. She's talking about the HR lady, Jeanette. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I wish I could. I think her hands are on her hips, but I can't really tell because she just looks like a triangle under her <laughs> poncho that she got on her last vision quest. She's a gammon natch. <laughs> just I was like, like yeah. Oh, man. If I had to work with vision quest people on a daily basis, and again, I'm a yoga teacher, but if yeah. I had to deal with ponchos in the workplace, woof. <laughs> There are certain <laughs> places where ponchos are. You know what? Ponchos, no. Period. Done. Yeah, I'm just. If it's a cultural say no thing for you, if you are Peruvian, right? Or where else are ponchos okay? Mexico, really mm. South America, I would say ponchos probably. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. fine. Otherwise, yep. no. Otherwise, just get yourself a, a capelet. Yeah, a capelet. Yeah, just get yourself a capelet. That also goes for white women visiting South America. I just oh, want to put out correct. there. It doesn't mean yes. that you are in South America, so it's okay. You've got to be from <laughs> South America. <laughs> or have ancestors that actually yeah. are from there. <laughs> yeah, that's my poncho rules. Hashtag poncho rules. Otherwise, white ladies, capelets. <laughs> capelets. <laughs> Can you imagine me in a capelet? Uh, you would look delightful in a capelet. But can you imagine me in a capelet? No, never would you ever. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I miss my capelet. <laughs> Where is it? I, I lost it somewhere. I have no idea. I had it in Peoria and then it just disappeared. I think I took it to the bar I was working at at some point and it, and it was just lifted and gone. It was super cute. You lose things like... Yeah, like a gammon. Yeah, like a game. <laughs> I remember when you came and visited me in Maryland, you lost your keys like five times in one day. Easily. 
or maybe it was your phone. I don't know. It was one of those it like essential items. Either or both. And like the fifth <laughs> time, I just made like a low like mm, sound, and you were like, "I know, <laughs> I know." <laughs> How do you think Michael feels being married to me? I know, oh, Michael poor feels. man. <laughs> Daily. Anyway, okay, let's okay, get into we it. have to do the book. All right. No, we don't have to, Aaron. We get to. Yeah, that's Here true. We go. Okay, so we we've already sort of um talked about it. We have Lucy Hutton and ah. Joshua Templeman. <sighs> so they're each an assistant to co-CEOs after this crazy merger. Joshua is a Bexley. He comes from like, you know, the the accounting sales, very buttoned up, very like you know, their their um, idea of publishing is like you you publish books, you sell the units, you high five, you go about your, your business. Meanwhile, Lucy comes from Gammon Publishing, which is more artsy and loosey-goosey. And they look at, at publishing as like the art form of it and literature and all the, all the exciting mm-hmm. things. So uh, the backstory is Lucy walked in on her first day and has her like box of goods and she, uh, Josh is like standing out, looking out the window, looking very tall and muscular. Mm. And he turns suit. around. Uh huh. He turns around and looks at her, and she gives him like her brightest hello smile. And he gives her. He looks at her from the top of her head to the soles of her shoes, and then out the window again. Doesn't smile. Doesn't greet her. Doesn't do anything. That was one year ago, and since then they have hated each other and they play a lot of games together like office like just getting each other irritating games. yeah irritating games like the first one she describes in the book is like everything she does he copies mirror her game. yeah mirror game or they'll stare at each other until one of them caves or you know like these kind right. of just unspoken little things that they do to get each other to kind of pass the day uh-huh yeah, so they also work in this. I mean, I don't know if this office is my biggest nightmare or absolute dream. No, nightmare. It would be a nightmare. It would be so 100%. hard, right? Just think how loud it would be in there. Oh, fair, fair. Every if nothing breath else. you took would be like yeah. echoed against all these walls. Yeah. So the only thing the two co CEOs could agree upon was that the decor in the in their like newly refurbished floor should be shiny (laughs) so everything is reflective and tile and mirrored and like sheets of glass and she talks about it's a it's a through line throughout the whole thing that she can look at any surface and just like redo her lipstick Mm -hmm. um it's but she can also see him through like every surface like they're always looking at each other no matter where they're looking in this office because everything is so shiny nightmare 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 so we come in they're playing the mirror game and then they start playing the the staring game um at some point he i think she starts playing um you're just so with him (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. like it's a way for you to tell the other person how much you hate them and what you hate about them (laughs) so she's like you're "You're just just so inflexible yeah (laughs) but she like trails off and he's like what what yeah yeah she's like "Mm, i don't know just you're just so and he's like what what like it's great um yeah he's like handsome dashing smart (laughs) it's like predictable yeah the worst (laughs) insult so 
they're doing the staring game in this first chapter, and she mm-hmm. describes him. May I read the best description? Yes, please. Ever. Yes, please. <clears throat> After a few minutes, I glance at him, and he is staring at me. Imagine it's two minutes before the biggest interview of your life, and you look down at your white shirt. Your peacock blue fountain pen has leaked through your pocket. Your head explodes with an obscenity, and your stomach is a spike of panic over the simmering nerves. You're an idiot, and everything's ruined. That is the exact color of Joshua's eyes. <laughs> so good. So great. It's such a great way of the author telling us he has these beautiful peacock blue eyes. But also that Lucy hates him. <laughs> well, and so that, good. That, that a lot of times he makes you feel like the anxiety he makes her right. feel is it's yeah, it makes it makes it absolutely palpable. It's so mm-hmm. good. Perfect description. Great, really, really great writing in this. Oh, book. yeah. Really, yeah, really throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And not in in a heavy exposition kind of way at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. So, oh, one more. Sorry. Same yeah, page. Please, please. Joshua is currently leaning on Mr. Bexley's doorframe. His body yeah. fills most of the doorway. I can see this because I'm spying via the reflection on the wall near my monitor. I hear a husky, soft laugh, nothing like Mr. Bexley's donkey bray. I rub my palms down my forearms to flatten the tiny hairs. I will not turn my head and try to see him properly. He'll catch me. He always does. Then I'll get a frown. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It's just perfect because you can tell, like, his laugh gives her goosebumps. But she's just like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Okay. So he keeps on making these comments about her. Uh, oh, my favorite. One of my favorite things is he he's like, so, painting your nails tonight desperately alone? She goes, lucky guess on his part? <laughs> yes. Masturbating and crying into your pillow tonight, Dr. Josh? <laughs> he looks at the top button of my shirt. Yes. And don't call me that. Oh, because Bexley calls him Dr. Josh for some reason. Yeah. She doesn't know why. She has no idea why. But between that, it's like, you know, he knows that she likes tea, not coffee. There's a bunch of things that he's just made comments about. And as a result, she's like, I think he's been figuring out ways to get information from me. Mm-hmm. So she's like going through her desk and, and she's trying to figure out if she's left any clues as <laughs> as to her person on there. Um, and then she's like, you know what? I need to be armed with some information. Mm-hmm. So she starts snooping through his desk. The only thing she can find um, is his planner. And it there's he's got some um, pencil marks that she can't make out. And so she takes a picture of it and then the elevator comes back up and she jumps out of his seat and like goes like runs around his desk so that she doesn't get caught. Of course, he catches her and he's like really suspicious because the chair is still spinning. Yeah. (laughs) So she tries to make up an excuse and it doesn't work. Uh He comes all the way up and puts his toes against her toes and, like, Mm. gets right up in her person. She describes him when he comes. So, first of all, she shoves her phone down her pants because, like, she she doesn't have any pockets. So her phone is just, like, floating around in her pants, which I thought was really funny. And then she says, he advances on me like a floating Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) It, like, goes toe-to-toe with her. I thought it was a perfect description. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So he's trying to get the truth out of her, but luckily they're interrupted by a courier who had been trying oh, to I call her. I forgot about the courier. Yeah. yeah. So he had been trying to call her and I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. She was like, oh, that was the buzzing in my waistband. Good. I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you dummy. So the courier arrives. He's got this teeny tiny box 
and he hands it to her and they start talking and josh is like what's that like what did you get and um she's like oh nothing and the courier's like it's a smurf she loves smurf she lives and breathes for smurfs smurfs. (laughs) and then he the courier then describes Josh, them. Oh, yeah. He's like, you know, those little blue people. You big? They wear hats and blah, blah, blah. And Josh goes, I know what Smurfs are. And, like, returns to his test. <laughs> and she goes, I don't live and breathe for them. My voice betrays the lie. <laughs> I just, I love a heroine who's weird. She yeah, loves me too. Smurfs. She just loves so them. So stupid. <laughs> So um, my favorite, though, is at some point Josh is like, oh, I just, you know, I saw you getting tiny packages. I thought it was just because you were buying your tiny clothes online. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because she's really small. Yeah, she's like less than five feet tall. And uh-huh. he's she, like yeah, six she's five foot feet even. million. Yeah. And he's six foot four or maybe even more. I don't yeah. know. And uh, um, although the only thing that that really annoyed me throughout this book is, is just the um, no, well, A, yes, but it's the amount of times that, that she herself would describe herself as like, my tiny knees were knocking, mm-hmm. or my little bleh, and I'm just like, dude, I get it, you're small, I get mm-hmm. it, I see you, I have, I've made you, up. I've made a picture of you in my brain. Um, that didn't bother me so much, because this, this book does the thing of, she's small, and that's the thing that's wrong with her appearance, and so... Like, the, I don't know. Like, the, we talked about this in, in Jane, um, mm-hmm. see Jane's score. is like, he's big and she's small. And she's like, oh, I'm so small. And it's like, that's not a, that's not a thing men don't like. You know, like, she was describing it as, like, a, oh, yeah. a problem. And so it was fine for me that she kept bringing it up. But I didn't like it as a trope in the book. Because it's like, men like small women. Like, that's right. not, you don't have to be like, it's not a mole on your face or something, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, totally. No, it was more, it was more that I feel, at least from her perspective, it would have made more sense to me if it had been Josh's perspective. And he mm-hmm. was always talking about her tiny this or her tiny that. Yeah. She lives in her body. That's just normal size to her. Yeah, I you know guess what that I mean? makes sense. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind it when she was describing her her very short legs in her negligee later on in the book. Mm-hmm. But o- on a regular basis, I was just like, it's not a tiny knee. It's just your knee. <laughs> That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I guess don't know. I just thought of it as like a uh, comparison to him. Because yes. she would be like next to him and she'd be like, oh, I'm a teeny ton of hands. Sure. But, yeah. Sure. Okay. Smurfs. She gets her smurf. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So then... um. She's just being really friendly with the courier and he is, you know, chatting with her and blah, blah, blah. So then the courier leaves. Oh, God. She's like, oh, so uh, stop talking, Andy. Like, you can go anytime now yeah. <laughs> because she's just humiliated by him. And as uh, as as the elevator doors close, Josh is like pathetic. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm just going to sit down. She has literally never seen him smile. Like, that's how mean he is yes. all day to her. And he's just yes. like constantly calling her pathetic and stupid. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the things is she says that since they met, he got her biggest, most brilliant smile. And she feels like he's been walking around with it in his breast part pocket since then. And he's always been one up on her. So uh-huh. all of the games, she's always trying to get him to smile or laugh 
or or cry sometimes mm-hmm. like yeah. she any kind of reaction would be great right and um she just can't get it so he calls her pathetic and he's like just you know leave him alone he's a He's a sad old dude. You shouldn't lead him on like that. She's like, I'm not. I'm just, I'm friendly. People like me because mm-hmm. I'm nice. <laughs> like, you should try it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> he says she's flirting with him and she's like, basically like, oh, is that what you think I do all day when I talk to you? I'm flirting. And oh, he's yeah. like, shortcake, which is what he calls her. Uh-huh. It's like, shortcake, if I were flirting with you, you would know it. You um, would know it. Yeah. So, and oh, yeah. And she's like, why? Because I'd be so traumatized. And he's like, no, you be <laughs> thinking about it later in your bed. It's so good. <laughs> so um, good. The banter is excellent. And then they talk um, about, so she's looking at him with this like thirsty glare. And he's like, you're looking at me like yeah. you're super horny to do sex to me. He doesn't say it that way. <laughs> that's how I would say it. And that's why I'm not in a romance <laughs> novel. Um, and he's like, what are you, what are you imagining? And she, here's what she was imagining. Uh-huh. I'd pull his tie loose and unbutton the neck of his shirt. i put my hands around his big tan throat and squeeze and squeeze his skin hot <laughs> underneath my fingertips. His body struggling against me, cedar and pine spicing the air between us, burning my nostrils like smoke. He says, what are you imagining? Your expression is filthy. Strangling you, she said, bare hands. <laughs> And he goes, that's your kink. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so only good. when it comes to you. But that comes up later. So I just wanted to make sure we noted yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. And I love, okay, I love the fact that in this book, you can tell that she actually does despise him. Except that all of her murderous fantasies are also pretty sexual. Like, they could also yeah. be read as very sexual. And well, But you can also tell that she has no idea that mm-hmm. that angle is in there. It's it's, so, it's the so writing is so good. Good, like well, the way she described his eyes, the way she got goosebumps yes. when he laughed, like the way like she she would strangle him and like he'd smell so good while she did it. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah. Okay. So then he starts teasing her about growing up on a strawberry farm. Mm-hmm. That is why he calls her shortcake because it's. A, she's really small, and B, she grew up on a, a on a strawberry farm. So he pulls up her mom's blog, and then we get a, a glimpse of um, her mom's backstory, which you know really shapes the way that she feels about a lot of things. Her mom was a budding journalist. And she was doing a piece on the way that weather was impacting irrigation or something like that. She showed up at this orchard and her she met, who is now Lucy's dad, up in an apple tree. And like, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. She quit to have Lucy. And then um, she decided to devote the rest of her life to the strawberry farm that her dad wanted to create. And now she writes the blog. And now she writes the daily blog. And Joshua is an avid reader of the blog and makes fun of it on a daily basis. And there's a picture Mm -hmm. of Lucy as a child on the blog that he likes to, like, bring up to tease her because she's, like, covered in dirt and, you know, like, looks like a a little bumpkin. Whereas Josh is a sophisticated city boy and Lucy desperately wants to be a sophisticated city woman. Yeah, Um, yeah. And so he makes fun of the strawberry farm a lot. So he's making fun of it and she starts to tear up. And he immediately like starts putting it away and la la la. And then their calendars bing and they both go into their respective CEO's office to prep them for the meeting. 
she wants to be this sophisticated city woman. And one of the ways we see that is that she just idolizes her boss. She's originally from France and she's just like effortless elegance. And she's got the tiniest little French purr in her Mm -hmm. accent still. And it's ugh. So they go to this all staff meeting. And Elaine has told... Can I just say... Yeah. This is one problem I had with this book. You listen to the audio yeah. too, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Elaine, right? Her boss's name is spelled H-E-L-E-N-E. So yeah, I, I read it, was it like Helene or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it could Helene. be Helene, wh- whatever. But the way that the, the narrator pronounces it is Helene, which would be fine if later on in the book, Josh's mom isn't named Elaine, E-L-A-I-N-E. Oh, yeah. Um, which is also my mother's name. But anyway, she pronounces them the same. And I'm like, they're different. Make them different. And it's confusing to me. Anyway. Yeah, I called her um, Elaine in my mind. I I called her Helene, but I don't know if that's even a name. Because my brain says all kinds of, my brain said Hermoine. And that's not Hermione's name. And it still (laughs) does. If I go back and reread, Hermoine. I said Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> you know, one of our followers on um, uh, Twitter is her, her like Twitter name is the phonetic uh-huh. spelling of like H-E-R-M-O-W, like is like nice. Hermione. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <clears throat> anyway. um, okay. So they go, oh, and um, so Ellen has told Lucy that there's going to be a big announcement at the end of the meeting. Mm-hmm. So at the meeting. Lucy is, she's ordered this birthday cake for this Bexley, and she's like, I'm just so proud of myself offering this olive branch to a Bexley for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she starts, well, this guy starts flirting with her. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this guy from the design team starts being like, oh, so I looked up that documentary that you were talking about. She has no idea what he's referring to. She's just to. super nice to everybody and talks to yeah. everybody. So she's like, I guess I told this guy about a documentary, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So they start talking about Da Vinci and how, you know, he was like the ultimate human and that that there this banter actually worked for me. Yes. Wait, what did I say? No, no. I'm just saying they talked about inventions because that oh, becomes yeah. an, a thing. Yeah, this banter really worked for me. Uh Danny, most of the book just annoyed the bejesus out of me but this this particular flirt scene totally worked because lucy i think was like you know let me know if you ever need any help with any of your inventions and they like went back and forth and like joshua's watching her the whole time while she's flirting with danny and danny tells her that he's actually leaving the company to go freelance in a couple of weeks perfect because they have a a no dating co-workers policy dun 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 Mm -hmm. so The big announcement is that the CEOs are creating a position right below them, the chief operating officer, and it is open to interior applicants as well as exterior applicants. And Ellen like looks directly at Lucy and is like waggles her eyebrows. And I'm sure Bexley looks directly at Joshua and waggles his stupid eyebrows. Well, or like burps in his general direction. The the, the (laughs) Bexley CEO is like a a pain pills addict who's just kind of a toad who just kind of sits around and grumbles. And farts. Yeah. And Josh pretty much runs that side of the company because he sucks at that. So everything's really exciting. They're each obviously going to apply for this position. And when they go back to their desks, Joshua is like, just so you know, shortcake, 
that position is mine. You may as well not even apply for it. And and Lucy's like, that's so funny because Ellen said the same thing to me. You may as well not even apply for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're each getting their going to get their applications ready. Oh, also, Josh wears the same sequence of shirts <laughs> from he has white shirt shirts to black shirts. So it's like yeah. white, off white, cream, mustard. <laughs> you know, like it goes darker and darker. Yeah. And she has it memorized. It's in her. It's in it, her. I book. do too. It's white, off white stripes. Oh, cream. God. look at you, baby blue, baby yellow, <laughs> mustard, <laughs> sky. <laughs> I can't even do it. So this is why in the Venn diagram that I created, the Aaron and Melody Venn diagram. If you guys haven't seen, so somebody said on the whatever the friendship cult or something like they can't tell our voices apart, which fine, right? So they're like, we need like a charter Venn diagram. So I made one, and one of the qualities was Melody. Has read the book twice. Aaron struggled <laughs> to finish the book. <laughs> this is the ultimate of that. I can't read a book twice. Even when I got to the end, I couldn't start it over. I'm like, I know what happens. Really? No, I can't do it. Jeez. I don't think I've, I don't know if I've ever read a book twice. That's a lie. Oh, yeah. I actually, I go through a lot of different things. Usually every year around March or April, I'll rewatch the BBC's version of Pride and Prejudice, uh-huh. that whole miniseries. I, I do a lot of things in, like, kind of a, a cyclical manner. I think I've read American Gods twice. But like, I actually it's, haven't it's read very, that yet. I need to. Me too. It's, yeah. it's very rare. And if I read a book twice, it's going to be a book from, like, my childhood, like American Gods, or, like, mm. probably read Jurassic Park twice. Anyway, no one's listening to this. Everyone's just like, why are we here now? <laughs> anyway, sorry. About? Okay, um. so it's white, off-white stripes, green. <laughs> Pale yellow, mustard, baby blue, what, no. <laughs> robin's egg blue, dove gray, navy, and black. <laughs> I was she laughing too hard black before. Shirt, which is so weird because, like, I hate a black it's shirt and a suit. Yeah. No, it, no, no, no. That's the thing. At work, he doesn't actually wear a suit, I don't think. He just wears the shirt. But I'm right? saying, like, a black shirt and a tie, uh-uh. Hate it. Oh, hate sure. It. There's sure. no color of tie that looks good with a black shirt, except for maybe a black tie, but you're not going to wear a black shirt and a black tie to work. Your tie needs to be darker than your shirt, y'all. The end. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. Wait till we get to her red shoes and her fishnets. I have so much to say. Oh, I hated that Fashion nonsense. Corner with Aaron. And Melody. <laughs> I wish they could see me in my Coast Guard t-shirt and red mm-hmm. sweater right now because they yeah, would be I like, wish... that's somebody I need to take fashion advice from. Sames. Okay. This is when they walk fast to go get coffee. Yes. This is the so best she, scene in the book. This is, oh, this is the second best scene in the book. I will fight you over it. All right, okay. All <laughs> I will right. street brawl over this with you. Okay. So they've both been working on their applications and Josh logs off and he starts playing the how you doing game. Which is a game where they act like normal colleagues. <laughs> so he looks at her and he's like, how you doing? And she's like, I'm fine, Josh. How are you doing? He's like, I'm great. I'm actually going to go to the kitchen and get some coffee. Would you like some tea? She's thinking to herself, you'll spit in anything you get for me. So I'll come. I'll just come with you. And they start marching off to the kitchen together. They're kind of like and racing each other down the hall. They're going really fast. That's on the way back. Oh, on the I way thought there, it was like to and fro. Okay. On the way there, he's like muttering to her in ways that look pleasant, but it's actually like, oh, it's actually right. like, 
mommy and daddy are fine, guys. Sometimes we fight, but that's okay. We still love you. Because all of their colleagues are like prairie dogging up in their cubicles. They're very confused as to why these two look like they're getting along Mm -hmm. all of a sudden. Everyone at the Um, company knows Lucy and Josh hate each other and they work mm -hmm. together in this little like shark tank at the on the top floor. And now they're both competing for this job because this was an all staff meeting where this is announced. Right. So they go to the kitchen and somebody has called the HR person to be like, we don't know what's happening, but you need to go to the kitchen. (laughs) They're headed toward coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they they have this whole talk and um, this is when Lucy brings up the fact that she wants to have she wants to do like a team building day mm-hmm. because Jeanette's like, what's happening here? And Josh is like, everything's fine. We're just getting some coffee. Can I get you a cup? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jeanette's like, no, I hate you. The, the HR lady, because they both called HR on each other at least each like five or six times. Like oh, the yeah. HR lady is always involved with their situation. And so she's just standing there like, something's wrong. Like, I know something's wrong. They're not just getting coffee. Like, she's just mm-hmm. got heartburn over the whole thing. And she's Mrs. Yeah. Poncho, Spirit Quest lady, so she can't handle <laughs> conflict. No. And so she's just, like, standing there, like, really tense. Yeah. So um, they get their beverages. And this is when Lucy's like, yeah, so I'm going to propose a team building day, blah, blah, blah. And Josh is like, well, I'll co-sign on that to show my commitment. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, that usurper. And- <laughs> So then they, this is when they start marching back to the office and like basically racing. Her tea is sloshing everywhere because she's trying to keep up mm-hmm. with him. And he looks at her and he goes, when I'm your boss, I'm going to work you so fucking hard. You have no idea. Oh, and she's God. like, she's like, when I'm your boss, you're going to do everything that I say with a smile. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when I'm your boss, I'm mandating a corporate <laughs> dress code. I've already circled it in this catalog. It's a gray shift dress down to a person's knees, so it'll hit you in the ankles, and it's polyester. And she's like, when I'm your boss, I'm going to be committed for murder. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so sexy sexy like, so sexy like when he said i'm gonna work I'm gonna you work so, you fucking, so hard. fucking hard my heart went pitter oh. pat and then she when he says that the polyester dress is gonna hit her at the ankles she's like oh i love is this. that what it would take for you to stop lusting after me yeah he's like oh yeah shortcake you got me i'm lusting after you and she's like i've got you all right like it's so good it's so good yeah. Sorry, I was doing that from memory. I didn't so get everything. <laughs> after that, so that happens. And then she's like, I'm never going to work with you. Like, don't get me like, yes, there's no possible way. If I don't get this promotion, I'm not working for you. I will resign. Mm-hmm. And she gets him to say the same thing. Well, and he's really like, oh, what? Like, he hadn't, I think, thought about not working with her anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she finally gets him to say the same thing. Yeah. So then that night she goes home. We see a conversation with her parents. They're super cute. She Skypes with her parents all the time. Yeah. And they really want her to visit because she hasn't been home in like 18 months or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're just adorable. Her dad keeps on calling him every J name except for Joshua because he hates him so much. Yeah. (laughs) Dad hates him. Mom suspects something. Mom suspects something. Mom is like, I mean, maybe... Maybe he just really likes you. She says, maybe he's hopelessly in love with you. And that's she, what and, it is. Yeah. And she's like, huh. and dad's like scoffing. And he's like, well, that's a, certainly a way to treat a woman when you're in love with her. Right. But mom is kind of right. like suspicious. Mm-hmm. 
So then she gets off the phone with them and she's like, all right, you want to see a gray polyester shift dress? I'll show you what I can do. Uh So she gets the tiniest little black dress out of her closet and she decides to pair it with really, really small gauge fishnet stockings and red heels. Here's the thing. Terrible idea. You want to wear your black dress to work with your small gauge fishnets. That's fine. I think that's appropriate. Mm. They were the small diamond, uh, you know, the pattern tights, I think is what this would actually be called Mm -hmm. from her description. Red heels with a black tight is just a no. It's just a straight up no. You need to, from your head to your toe, get darker as you go down. The end, period. <laughs> your heels need to be darker than your hose, need to be darker. Well, you can wear a nude hose with a black, but don't do that. Don't just wear no hose. Anyway, you're supposed to get darker as you go down. You don't pop it red at the bottom. The end, period, done. But they're a great match because with his black shirt and his light ties and she thinks that's sexy, like, what, you know, great, perfect. Yeah, they're good to go. Yeah. No, he's he's into Deserve it. Deserve each other fashion-wise. Yeah, spoiler alert, when she shows up to work, he digs it. Okay, so so she goes to bed that night and she has a super sexy dream involving Joshua. He's like covering her completely. He's like weighing her down with his body Mm. and he's telling her that he's going to work her so fucking hard. Uh. And then he is like on top of her and then he smiles at her and she wakes up on the on the edge of coming Mm -hmm. and she then okay i did not i did not like this she was like i don't know if i should go take a cold shower or finish the job or whatever and i don't do anything i just lay there and i'm like you finish the job no she can't do it it's like betraying herself if she masturbates (sighs) to joshua then he's one like i totally get it she can't finish it up because then oh my god she's masturbated to joshua like then that's gonna (laughs) hang out in her head forever she's gotta just lay there and let it cool down Okay, no, but then then she could she could try thinking of Eric from True Blood or, or some other bad boy type. You know what I mean? Just like put a different image in there and take care of yourself. Uh, no, I think she could never forgive herself if she finished in that moment. We know that Melody's answer is to always have an orgasm. <laughs> but not everyone is a Melody. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think the world might be a better place if everyone was a melody in this way. I completely agree. <laughs> I want to remain an Aaron just for my personal, you know, like, you know, I don't want to betray myself in that way. But I think fair, if everybody fair. was a melody with one Aaron, <laughs> the world would be great. Aww. No keys would ever be found. It would just be constant communal <laughs> we know, keys. Thing. We wouldn't even have keys. That's the, that's the best part. <laughs> everyone would just live together in perfect harmony no one would own anything it would just be a a perfect communal everyone would have Mm -hmm. like a hot tub and just be happy all the time this sounds excellent (laughs) yeah there would be be no need for keys because nobody would steal it's fine Mm -hmm. all right so here we go (laughs) she then wakes up in the morning and she triples down on her plan and gets dressed so She is going up the elevator and realizes that her dress doesn't go past her trench coat. So in her red heels, she just looks like an escort. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's like, oh, if Target were open this like early, I would go and get some pants. But it's not. (laughs) Mm -mm. So she goes in 
and goes to hang up her coat and she's like dilly dallying. She wants him to have turned around so she can just mm-hmm. like go to her desk quick and so he won't see <laughs> the full length situation. Oh, yeah. Because she's decided that she's going to spend the whole day sitting down. Right. Come hell or high water. But he's already there. Which is ridiculous because your dress gets shorter when you sit down. Did I ever tell you yeah. about my friend in high school that tried to cheat by writing things on her thigh? Did I ever tell you this? No. Tell oh, me everything. It was so funny. Our study hall was in the gym for whatever reason. Like, you know how they – or our homeroom was gym. I don't know. So okay. anyway, so we're in gym, sitting on the gym floor, and she's writing on her thigh. She's wearing a skirt. So she's like midway down her thigh writing all the answers to this test that we're about to take. She thinks she's so fucking brilliant. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly was her name. And so she's like writing on her thigh, and then we stand up to go to class – and, of course, like, she's pulled it down in the front, but the front gets shorter and the back gets longer when you stand up. And so, like, all the answers are in, like, permanent pin on her thigh. So oh, she had to, like, no. walk, like, bent over. It was hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> Did she pass the test? No, they caught her. Of course. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, nobody won. Idiot. Yeah. Okay. All right. So all the next morning, he's like salivating over her mm-hmm. her dress and her thighs, and she's she actually starts playing along. She like sits on the corner of her desk and starts yeah. talking to she's him about it. She's kind of like salivating over him too because she's had this sexy dream. So she keeps looking over at him and being oh, like, yeah. "What would it be like if he laid on top of me? It would be very heavy. Uh-huh. I like that. You know, I'm so uh-huh. small and he's so big. Like, how would that go?" <laughs> and so he's noticing that she's like looking at him and blushing mm-hmm. and he's like wait wait wait!" but first when when he sees the dress he's like wowza got uh-huh. a hot date shortcake oh and yeah she's like yeah i do actually i do mm-hmm. and he's like no you fucking don't mm-hmm. so he gets all of the information out of her and he's like so where are you where are you going with this guy that you have a date with and she's like this sports bar on this street and he's mm-hmm. like oh that's funny what time and she's like seven and he's like that's so weird i'm going there too to watch the game so that's great like we can just i'll just drive you there it'll be it'll be awesome and she's like fuck 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 like now i have to go get a date mm-hmm. but she also says i don't know if this is before or after but he's yeah, like what's ahead. up why are you being so why are you looking at me and she's like i had a dream oh yeah and he's like Describe for me the dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he gets, he like blushes, she like blushes, and she's like, yeah, it was just like a super highly erotic dream about somebody who like, I know, but I never really thought of in that way. Like, it's very like she's dropping a bunch of clues that it's him. And it's a guy who's not going to be here for very long. Right. Because right. remember, he will resign if she gets the job. Right. And so then, like, they kind of go through this thing. She lies about what the dream was, but never really, like, reveals to him that it was him. She implies that it was him, but doesn't. And then she takes some... And she alters the dream. It's not actually the dream she had. Right. She says she was wearing nothing but bed sheets, and, like, somebody comes up to her and, like, that kind of thing. But that's not what it was. Oh, but can I tell you one of the most awkward things I've ever read in my whole life? Because it's right here. Mm -hmm. She says that she's dressed in bed sheets in this garden, and this guy comes up behind her, and he's pressed up against her, like, right up against her ass. And she gets up from her desk to smack herself on the ass mm-hmm. and then sits back down. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> How does that 
even work? Like, especially at your, like, in a work setting. What? I think she probably pulled it off. I have confidence in Lucy. Just, just I mean, like I the too, girl that ate so the pear awkward. in Firelight. Like, I oh, have yeah. confidence that she did it sexily. I'm sure it's fine. So <laughs> mm-hmm. she says she's in bed sheets in this garden, and this guy comes up and. She says to him, who are you and why do you want me so badly? So she's talking and she says, and when he tells me his name, I was so shocked. Joshua dangles from the end of my fishing line, a glossy fish, flipping and irrevocably hooked. I can feel the expanse of the air between us vibrating with tension. Come over here, I murmur. I need to whisper it. <laughs> like He yeah. is like, what? And so and he can't get up. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like, no, I'm, no good. Um, I'm fine. I don't I want gotta... to stand up. You can come over here and whisper it to me in my ear. And she's like, okay. So she goes over and like leans in and she grabs one of his post-its and she kisses the post-it and puts it on his screen. And she doesn't tell him. And he's like, well, this, so is, this is very unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so is your boner that I can yeah, see through your, exactly. your clear glass desk. And so she says, you know, you're really sweaty. I hope you're not coming down with something. And then goes back to her seat and sits down. Anyway, so now. Then she goes down to the design floor and she's like, hey, Danny, do you want to work on those inventions tonight? And he's like, great, let's do it. Well, let's go out to the bar. Mm-hmm. And so it's set up and she goes back upstairs. And so then they decide that he's going to drive her cuz he's Joshua's going anyway. Drive her. Yeah, he's going to the same bar. And you can tell he's still pretty convinced that her date is not a fake is a fake date. Like she doesn't actually oh, yeah. have a date. So he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. if you're going to be there to meet your quote-unquote date at 7 o'clock, I'll just drive you for your quote-unquote date that I will actually be there for, you know." Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Also, right before this, it's a quick plot thing. She turns in the proposal for the team building thing. Oh, yeah. Joshua scribbles something on the bottom of his, and uh, it turns out that he actually wins the CEO coin toss. So for their team building thing, they're going to go paintballing right? instead of doing like the hokey corporate retreat thing that Lucy had planned, mm-hmm. which would actually cost them money. This is going to cost them no money. Because like, everybody's blah, blah, paying blah. for their own paintball thing. Yeah. So she's super pissed throughout the rest of the day that he's completely hijacked her corporate initiative. And then she's just waiting for him to leave. And he's he's like, so shortcake, you ready to ready to go on your big date? Like, uh, we should probably head out. So she mm-hmm. goes to the bathroom and like and and does the thing that magazines tell you to do mm-hmm. going from daytime to evening uh-huh. with little cat eyes and she puts Some on earrings. earrings she puts some more um, perfume in her cleavage <laughs> and she comes out of the bathroom bumps into him and he's like what you didn't have to do any of that mm-hmm. and, and she's like oh thanks thanks so fucking much mm-hmm. <laughs> he carries her coat into the elevator oh. super gentlemanly <laughs> move <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> And then on the way down, he presses the emergency stop button on the elevator Mm -hmm. and there is a kiss that goes on forever. He actually picks her up bodily (sighs) and puts her up on this handrail thing and he's like, visit me up here for a moment. She is convinced that he's like murdering her right now Mm -hmm. she's convinced that he's gonna hurt her in some way she believes he has serial killer (laughs) eyes in this moment yes because he's been very like stiff and like i don't know just kind of like an asshole yeah awkward yeah 
Yeah. Mm. It's so good. And so then they start playing the kissing game, as she says, and he explains everything with his lips. And it is so good. My favorite line was, if this were a movie, we would be bouncing off the elevator walls and, and pulling at each other's clothing and it would be really frantic. But this is like a decadent, slow exchange instead of that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really good. But he's also like, he's got her on like the, the little ledge in the elevator and he's like got his hands like ones on her ass, like, like on one her, sliding on up the thigh. Yeah. Like it's a really, really good kiss. And it's I've so highlighted good. three pages of it, so I can't find like a good part to read. Exactly. That's my problem. But it's really good. Anyway, it's okay. So good. So that happens. Well, and every single time he like starts pulling away, mm-hmm. she immediately like, grabs him and pulls him back. Yeah, to she's her into it. She's very oh, surprised yeah. that she's into it. She doesn't understand, but she's like just on like a visceral level is just like, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So then he puts her down. Oh, so then the tech guy is like, hey, so uh, we good in there? And they're like, oh, um, bump the buttons. Sorry. Yep, we're all good. Just need to go to the basement. <laughs> and that's why the kiss breaks up. Mm-hmm. They go down to the basement. He picks her coat up off the floor. And it's as if nothing has happened yeah. for him. He's just yeah. she's same like, tranquil expression. What the fuck was that? What's going <laughs> on? I don't understand. This. Bleh, you're trying to fuck with me. Like, uh-huh. And he's just like, would you mind pressing the basement button? <laughs> right right he's like i needed to test a theory i've had for a while oh, yeah. she's like theory what is uh <laughs> yeah she doesn't want to get in his car because it's just gonna smell overwhelmingly like him she is mm-hmm. correct and then in traffic she is like so i can't believe you're trying to mess me up before my big date and he's like oh yeah shortcake har har yeah. big date yeah she's like yes i'm meeting danny fletcher in 10 minutes that's where you're taking me what is your problem <laughs> and he's like and he like stops dead in traffic it says the look <laughs> of his shocked surprise on his face is magnificent i want to commission a portrait artist to capture it in oil so i can pass it down to future generations <laughs> it's priceless <laughs> That's so good. (sighs) So it's real tense after she says that she's meeting Danny Fletcher from design. It's pretty clear that Joshua thought that they were maybe going on this date and that's what the game was. She doesn't know that. No, but like it's pretty clear to the reader Mm -hmm. and it's real tense in the car. And so right before she gets out of the car, she says, I just wish we could be friends. Yeah. And he says, we will never, ever be friends. And she's just like. It's sad. It's very sad. so sad. Yeah. So then she jumps out and actually like runs into the bar. She falls into Danny's lap basically and then orders the biggest gin and tonic she can. Finally, she's like, you know what? Before we do any of this, I just need to go and like freshen up for a minute. I've had a really long day Mm -hmm. after gulping her entire gin and tonic because um, Danny says that she looks beautiful and he's always thought she was such a beautiful girl. But she's so fucking rattled from the Josh thing, she can't, like, get into this date. Like, she's all over the place. Yeah, and she's like, and he goes, you don't take compliments very well, do you? And she goes, I don't get many. And mm-hmm. he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's like, no, I gotta, hold on, I gotta go wash my face or something. So she goes into the hallway and starts crying. Mm. And Joshua appears out of the mist <laughs> and has her coat. Zooms up to her like a Dracula. I'm sorry, <laughs> one of my favorite things in the world is calling... <laughs> Is calling vampires Draculas instead of vampires. 
<laughs> to me, I had a friend that used to do it's that. It's a very it's arid the thing. Funniest thing in the world is like, ooh, I thought I saw a Dracula. <laughs> it's a very arid thing. I like it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so he walks up to her and he's like, "Shouldn't you be out there like charming the shit out of him?" And she's like, "Just fuck off. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, I don't want to. It's not that easy." And he's like, "Why are you crying?" Like he tries to grab her face and she's pushing him away. He says, why are you crying? And she says, no, I'm not. She says, <laughs> did she, she say no, I'm not? It. Yeah. That's so cute. But then she's like, I'm crying because Danny called me a beautiful girl and I can't handle it. Like, you've ruined me. You've treated me badly for so long that I can't even handle like a nice compliment or a, a normal social exchange like that. Mm-hmm. And he is absolutely gutted. And she says, he, he's like. She's like, I don't want to fight with you tonight. You've won. You've won the day. Like, just get away from me. And he's like, what do you think that I've won here? And she's like, you've seen me laugh. You've seen me cry. You made me kiss you when I should have slapped you in your smug face. You've had a good day. You saw me cry. Go watch your game and eat your pretzels. And he's just, like, floored by this. Like, oh, you thought this was about me fucking with you and then seeing you cry. And she's like, yeah, you win. Get away. So sad. Yeah, so he leaves. She ends up finishing her date. And then the next day, she doesn't go into the office because she's still just so rattled. Mm-hmm. And and she's like, she's like, I wish I could say that I was working on my application all day mm-hmm. and being a productive human. But instead, I'm just replaying the kiss over and over and mm-hmm. over again. <laughs> and I hate myself for it. So then roses arrive at her house. These deep red, beautiful roses with a card that says, you're always beautiful. Hmm. and uh, her mood immediately lifts she thinks it's danny because she's a dumbass and so i she thought it was danny. danny what danny said you've always been beautiful to her like why wouldn't she think it was danny why wouldn't i think it was danny no because no because he said i always thought you were the most beautiful girl uh-huh he didn't say no no i was like you're a dumbass you told joshua that you couldn't handle somebody telling you that you were beautiful whatever he felt really terrible i thought it was danny I definitely all day long knew it was joshua what okay so then here's my next thing here's my next thing because i am convinced that danny is an absolute douchebag he is. like nice guy douchebag uh-huh he's because a severus snape he oh boy so he gets a text from her Mm -hmm. that says thank you so much triple exclamation point this is the only communication they've had since having drinks the night before Mm -hmm. his response is i had a great time with you i'd love to see you again Mm -hmm. and she's like definitely and i'm like you get an unsolicited like 3 p.m thank you so much triple exclamation point Mm -hmm. and you don't say to yourself for what like no, he was sitting there no she was sitting there being the like Ooh, who says thank you for a date i like, do don't what okay no not without being like i had a great time or it was great to see you or blah blah, blah. why should she be so gratitude about him going out to drinks with her when she asked him on the date as well fair like that is so douchebag of a move to be like "Ooh, she's so She should be thankful that we went on a date together. Like, he has no idea what she's thanking him for. And he does the same thing later on. I'll bring it up later because I've got a note. Don't worry, this asshole. I mean, I don't like the man, but I don't think I hated him as much as you. (laughs) Oh, I did. I hated him. So, ugh, she thinks he's thanking him for the date. Harumph. All right. 
So the next day, she shows up at the office and goes into Elen's office. They talk and then she comes. She actually spills the beans to Elen. Oh, not about the kiss or anything, but about like Joshua messing with her before her date. And how she and went on a date with Danny. That's right. So then they, she goes back out of the office and she's ready for anything that Joshua has to say, except what he actually says. Which is, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so sorry, Lucy. Which... <sighs> Is also meaningful because he only ever calls her Lucinda. <laughs> yeah, which her parents don't even call her. And he's also a little rumpled, which is weird because he always just looks immaculate in his crisp shirts. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit, she can tell he's, he's a little, a little haggard. off today. Yeah. Yeah. So she is like, I could take us down to our normal level. But instead, she just says, I know you're sorry. And then Great scene. he says, oh, it's such a good scene. So she's like, there's this bubbling hope inside of her that like maybe they'll be friends or, you know, maybe he feels bad about whatever. And then he says, are you going to report me to HR? And she's like, oh, I'm a dumbass. That's why he looks so rumpled. He's spent the whole day thinking that he's either going to get fired or the police are going to arrive because he's a he's a molester of tiny women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But also the weapon scene. This is. Oh, God. Yes. This is a very Aaron moment. This is my. So. Mm -hmm. And a melody moment. Well, I just. This is like maybe the second best scene in the book where he's like, let's just put our weapons down. okay?" he raises his hands to show he's unarmed. His hands are big enough to (laughs) encircle my ankles. I swallow. To hide my awkwardness, I mime taking a gun out of my pocket and toss it aside. He reaches into an imaginary shoulder holster and takes out a gun, putting it on his planner. I unsheath an invisible knife from my thigh. All of them, I indicate under the desk. And he reaches down to his ankle and pretends to take a handgun out of an ankle holster. And he says, you're deeply weird, shortcake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (sighs) Yeah, so she feels gross about everything and really dumb and then the next scene is paintball it's the the scene of the (laughs) the shirt paintball i fucking love paintball do you not know this about me no i love paintball (laughs) okay i had no idea i love it that's something that i would not predict about you oh girl i am such a paintball badass so okay Actually, did I tell you yesterday I um we went to this I had brunch with friends like for a belated birthday thing mm-hmm. and the second bar we went to after that had Duck Hunt. Ooh, ah! love Duck Hunt. Um I definitely had the bar high score by the time I left. Good. <laughs> I am I am so good, especially at <laughs> Duck Hunt skeet shooting. Get it, Melody. You gotta love the person that everybody's having brunch and having a good time, and they're like, one more game, duck hunt. And you're like, I, we're, we've already paid our checks. No, no, no. This was after brunch. That's we even were worse. Drinks. No, and we were all, we were at the next bar. Everybody was taking turns. We were all into it. I was not oh, demanding Everybody duck was hunt. playing duck hunt. Yes, well, you know that's the why guy, I had like, the high score. You know the person that you're having lunch with that's like, on the arcade game and like no one can leave until they do are have you experienced this before yes but i've never been that guy i thought you were describing (laughs) yourself as that guy no (laughs) you said you had the high score before you left i just imagined you compulsively feeding money to this machine (laughs) holding the whole party hostage i'm just really good at it is all (laughs) (laughs) i can't help 
my own legendary abilities, so Aaron. <laughs> sorry. Have you considered the armed forces? <laughs> I actually did, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, I so I fucking love that. paintball. <laughs> Me in the, in the armed forces? Yes. Oh, no, that would be bad news bears. The moment they, like, critiqued my bed-making ability or something arbitrary and stupid, yeah. I would be like, what? Get out of here. Making your bed in the morning is not arbitrary and stupid. All right, armed forces, get out. Right. We disagree. We're going to agree to disagree on this one. There's a TED okay. talk about it. I'll send it to you. I'm sure you will. Okay. <laughs> so- <laughs> anyway, fucking love paintball. Are we in And a you fight? know what I love? <laughs> no not even close okay so what i love maybe even more than paintball is the description of this black t-shirt that he's mm. wearing <laughs> yeah because she she's like i'm gonna oh, actually my note is i'll be right next to her volunteering to write the odes mm-hmm. to this black t-shirt so she goes today is a magnificent black t-shirt day write today in your diaries tell your grandchildren stories about it I tear my eyes away, but slide back moments later. Underneath that t-shirt is a body that could fog an elderly librarian's glasses. I think my underwear is curling off me like burning paper. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) The next line is this. It's a week after that kiss that I never think about. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say that. (laughs) Oh, God, it's so good. So as they're doing all of this, this problem child at the office, Julie, comes over. She's always asking for extensions. She's always abusing Lucy's kindness. And she comes over to be like, hey, so I need a favor. I have a problem niece who's in big trouble because she's always truant and blah, blah, blah. Because the younger generation just doesn't know anything about work ethic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Lucy's like, oh, my God. She ropes her into doing this internship with the niece. And then Danny comes over. And he starts flirting with her and he's like, oh, I really like your hair today. And she's like, it's the exact right thing to say about me because I am so vain about my hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my conditioner is probably worth more per ounce than cocaine. Whereas <laughs> at the same time, like they're taking the waivers and it says waivers. Joshua is saying over the people that slap them into his hand. Waivers to me. Cash to Lucinda. Hey, this isn't signed. Sign it. Waivers. <laughs> Who's <laughs> Lucinda? Someone farther back in the line asks. Cash to Lucy. This ridiculously small person right here hair lipstick lucy (laughs) and then danny's like your hair looks great but i love that josh was just like hair lipstick this one yep (laughs) so good anyway it's ridiculously small person Mm -hmm. yeah so they're like flirting she's making banter with him and josh is just like leveling them with this really awful stare laser stare so much so then finally Danny gets on the on the bus and there's only two seats left at the front that Josh has saved for them. Mm-hmm. And so they have to sit together. Lucy and Danny are like looking over each other at the seats and being like, Herm, I can't yeah. believe we don't get to sit together. Danny wants to be on our team for paintball. He's like, hey, you oh, want to yeah. be on my team? And Josh is like, the teams are pre-allocated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I have already organized teams. So they show up at paintball. They're all split into teams. It's usually 50-50 Bexley and Gammon. They're all outfitted in the normal paintball gear. It's good shit. And then they go out onto the field. And Lucy, OPS, Lucy's been like, I've been exchanging emails with Danny all week. And I all the morning I've had like, I've been like dizzy. 
and I haven't been able to concentrate and blah, blah, blah. I definitely have a crush. Mm-hmm. No, you guys, she definitely has a virus. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's a virus. Yeah. So a couple of times that day, Josh has been like, hey, you look terrible. Like, what's going on with you? And she's like, get away from me. Stop telling me I look terrible all the time. You're the yeah. worst. Because on the bus on the way over, he's like, hey, this thing with you and Danny is pathetic. And she's I like, know, once sure, again, fine. He calls her pathetic. Call me pathetic. And he's like, shortcake. And she's she just like doesn't respond. He's like, shortcake. And she's like, doesn't respond. And she's like, I don't know anyone <laughs> by that name. Like, he's just like, you're <laughs> disgusting and pathetic. So all day he's like, you don't look good. And she's like, fine. Like, right. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Um, but bing boom bong segment time. Oh, yeah. This is hydration with Aaron. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> If you're a tiny person in a big mm. paintball suit, and she's like, the paintball suit's way too big for her. It's 100 degrees outside. She's sweating. They're wearing full helmets. A lot. Right. Yeah. Later in the thing, she gets super sick, and she's like real dizzy and stuff. And vomiting. And vomiting. She just doesn't hide. Like, I was super sure this was a dehydration she issue. did. No, she, she did not did. hydrate. Josh gave her a bottle of water that she said was gone way too quickly. Didn't follow it up with a second bottle of water. Yeah. But then she was like, my issue is she didn't eat breakfast or lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's also a problem. Right. And I'm like, of course you're feeling dizzy and you're like, you're going to fall over. Hydrate, guys. Something. Glucose, guys. I thought this wasn't a virus. Yeah. I thought this was just the natural thing that happens to a person when they don't eat breakfast or lunch or drink any water and put on like a million pound suit in the 100 degree weather yeah. and play paintball. Come on, guys. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't until I think my third read that I realized all the super subtle hints at the beginning about her banter with Danny and how she was feeling like these symptoms mm-hmm. that looked like a crush but obviously weren't yeah it's really subtle and really good mm-hmm. but hydrate guys Hyd- you gotta hydrate clear and copious everyone take care of yourself lady love that's clear right. and copious <laughs> that's right all right all right so they have they go out with two other people the two other people get taken out pretty much immediately so she and josh are on the paintball field they're trying <laughs> to get the flag and they go up against this tree and she's like, okay, Josh is the person who has to get the flag, so I'm just cannon fodder. I got to protect him. So she hears somebody coming. She turns him against a tree and takes like 10 hits to the front of her person. Bam, 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 ow, 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 she says. And then he is like, what the fuck are you doing? And turns her around. So then he takes like 10 shots to the back. Mm. And uh, he's holding her. He's pressed up against her on the tree. And his big bicep is right near her jaw. And she's just like, "I can I just stay here and take a nap forever mm-hmm. like i just want to be in this cloud of masculine aura mm-hmm. for a while and then they of course lose that game because they're the last people on their team and the, the co-worker is like oh i'm sorry i play a lot of computer games <laughs> it's yeah. like really trigger happy danny comes up and he's like oh you took a lot of paintballs like should i avenge you or whatever and josh is just like you're the fucking Ugh. worst. And-, and I forgot to say, I'm sorry, before that, Danny's on another field, like, next to them. Oh, yeah. and so earlier, <laughs> earlier, Lucy and Danny had, like, waved to each other. And, and Josh just raised his gun, <laughs> shot Danny twice, and then sniffed. <laughs> and she's like, he's not even on our field. And he's like, oh, right. I made a mistake. I, got confused. I was confused. Whoops. Yeah. 
Tupsies. Which I usually don't condone that kind of behavior in romance novels, but this guy's such a douche that and then Ugh. like after she gets hit, she's like, I'm one big bruise, and he's like, Something's wrong with you. And she's like, I know. Right. You've been telling me that since the day we met. Like, just get out of my life. Well, and he's got his arm around her, taking her off the field, and she's like, It's probably so that I move faster because Josh hates me. And it's really just that he's concerned about her. So he gets her a bottle of water and then he asks for a first aid kit with aspirin for her. She's not paying attention to any of this. Mm-hmm. She's furiously trying to make sure they're not on the same team for the rest of the day. Right. <laughs> and then she's just like, later days, see you never. I don't want to deal with you ever again. Mm-hmm. And so she spends the next three rounds of paintball vomiting hallucinating josh mm-hmm. thinking that she sees him and then all of a sudden it just like turns into somebody else sweating like a crazy sweating person. profusely yeah. asking everybody in sight where josh is because <laughs> she's just convinced he's gonna materialize and, like and do a headshot yeah <laughs> yeah and so then, then she sees him and she raises uh-huh. up her gun and she's like this is it i finally get to shoot josh <laughs> in the face like total annihilation lucy v josh and he just walks up to her like easily just takes the gun out of her hands because she's so sick takes her helmet off goes behind her unzips the suit and he's like you're clearly very sick <laughs> she's like i don't she's know like, what you're talking no, about I'm not. get away from me everybody yeah so then marion one of the like observers tells everyone about their daring exploits and um she's like p.s everybody marion reads romance novels in the break room <laughs> so she obviously thinks this is like nice and romantic and bleh yep then they're about to go get on the bus and she's like who just hold on a minute goes back in starts vomiting like a crazy person mm-hmm. josh comes into the bathroom and he's like you are not okay. We have to figure out how to like take care of you. And she's like, I can't handle the bus. She ends up getting on it's the like bus. It's like a two though. hour ride, hot, bumpy, you know. Yeah, just horrible. So by the time they get back, he's been like keeping her up the whole time in the seat. And and <laughs> at one point she's just out of nowhere. It's just like, why? <laughs> and, he's, and he just shrugs at her. <laughs> and then everybody's gathered around her as they're getting off the bus and Danny keeps asking her, are you sure? Are you sure? She doesn't have any idea what's going on, but Josh is just like, of course she's fucking sure. Like get away from us. And he takes her down to her car. He's like holding on to her, her belt loop, mm-hmm. holding her up basically. And she's like, I couldn't even help but cackle at the feel of his fingers at the top of my ass crack. Like mm-hmm. It's just so awkward. Well, they go into his car, right? Cause he gives her that Starbucks cup. Yeah. To vomit in. Yeah, he's like, are you gonna are you gonna vomit in my car, shortcake? And she's like, maybe, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> Have I already told the story about my friend vomiting in the cab? Have I told this story? Oh no, to you. I have one too, though. Tell me. Okay, so we're in college. It's somebody's twenty first birthday. Uh huh. Somebody that you know. But so we're taking her out for her twenty first, and she got just blasted, of course. And we're not there like older that I'm twenty two at this point. Yeah, I may have even no. Yeah, I was twenty one or twenty two. So we get this cab and. We've got this girl who's, like, completely definitely going to vomit. And the woman driving the cab is like, are you going to vomit in my cab? And she's like, no, ma'am. Like, I am, will not. And she's like, this bitch is going to vomit in my cab. And they're like, she's like, I will take you back to campus. But, like, 
you got you got to make sure this bitch does not vomit in my cab. And we were like, aye, aye. So we're in the cab and we're going. And my friend whose birthday it is brings out her coach purse and just methodically starts removing items from the purse. And we're like, what are you doing? And she's like, mm-hmm. And she's, like, removing the items, putting them in her pockets, coat pockets, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then she Uh just hurls in her coach purse. (laughs) And this cab driver is like, you vomited in my fucking cab. And we're like, nope, she's vomiting in her coach purse. Like, she removed everything. Now she's just into the purse. And then, like a fucking champ, she just gets out of the cab puts her purse into a garbage can that's right there and walks up into her dorm. And this cab driver was like, you girls, here's my personal number. You girls ever need a ride. I am your girl. Like, I will take you because, like, that is the most. She fucking ruined her coach purse so she wouldn't vomit in my cab. So we had this personal cab driver whenever we wanted her. She was great. Anyway. That's amazing. Actually, my story is very similar, Mm -hmm. except the only variation is that I dumped my purse out and put it under her mouth just in time. (laughs) (laughs) One time I had to bait a friend. This isn't even a vomiting story. I'm sorry. Hold on. I have to say that that is true friendship. Yeah. I was just like (laughs) to ruin your purse for somebody else. Yeah. 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 I don't carry a purse, but I would do it for you. Mm hmm. You would hold out your shirt. I would, yeah, I would hold out my hands, whatever. But there was another one. This is like not even a vomiting story. But did I ever tell you about having to bait one of my friends to get her into a cab? Like we were trying to put her in a cab to get her home. And we were telling the cab driver Uh like her address and stuff. And then she just disappeared. And we're like, uh, it was the situation where one of your friends is way drunker than everybody else. And you want to continue the night, but you need to like get rid of this dead weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to get her in the cab and she's like no I don't want to go in the cab and so we get the cab finally and then we turn around and she's gone and we find mm-hmm. her we're like stay here cab like just stay here we're <laughs> going to find her and we go into this gas station and she's in there buying ham from a gas in a gas station <laughs> gas station lunch meat <laughs> and we're like Anna I mean anonymous girl like you can't eat this ham and she's just standing there like hand like eating this ham with her hands <laughs> so we took a slice of ham and we threw it into the cab like she was a dog and she crawled in after it and we closed the door and we were like pat pat and she went off that's incredible anyway that's a completely unrelated story to this thing she she denies with her dying breath that that happened but there are witnesses (laughs) Oh, I love everything about that. All right. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Oh, also, just so everybody knows, I have a a cautionary tale for everybody that happened to uh, a gal pal of mine like three weeks ago. Uh Never, ever vomit in an Uber because it is a $150 charge on top of whatever fare you're paying. As it should be. So just ruin your purse. As it should be. Because like... (laughs) Yeah. I I happen to know somebody being in a close personal relationship with somebody who often has people Mm -hmm. vomit in his car for other different Mm -hmm. reasons. And it sucks. And you have to clean it up. It's the worst. And you know who you don't have to pay for vomiting in their car or doing whatever in their car? Cops. And they have to just fucking clean that (laughs) up. It sucks. Yeah, they do. Anyway. All right. So he, she does not vomit in his car. They make it all the way up to her house. And he's like, so where are we, where are we going? She's like, go to hell. He's like, oh, that's where you came from. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Ur. so she directs him to her house. 
she tries to convince him to leave her on the the curbside and he's like that's not gonna work so he takes her all the way up and then like really wants an invitation into her house mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> he comes in and he's like do you have medicine do you have anything and the answer is no um she goes to shower and he goes to like get get supplies or whatever for her Mm -hmm. so she's in the shower and she's she's like alone with my with my fevered thoughts i can i can think anything i want (laughs) and they are not 21st century thoughts i'm thinking dirty cave woman thoughts about (laughs) joshua and his manliness and his muscles and him protecting me and blah 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 and he's like you okay in there (laughs) she's like wow this is I'm naked. <laughs> He's like, obviously. Yeah, I'm not I'll, going I'll in, in the living room. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's so great. He takes care of her when she's sick. It's so good because he keeps like touching your forehead and being like, you have a fever. Mm. She's like, I'm so cold. And he's like, put his hand on her forehead and he'd be like, you have a fever. You're really warm. And she's like, no, cold. <laughs> she's just like, not okay. She's wearing a yeah. t-shirt that says sleepy saurus on it as a dinosaur. Yeah. He's just great. He holds a Tupperware yeah. for her to throw up in. He changes her sheets. He sleeps there. Yeah. She in her fever at one point, he's like laying in the bed next to her or sitting in the bed next to her and in her fever dream reaches up her tiny hands and puts them around his <laughs> neck. <laughs> and he's like, go ahead do it (laughs) she's like um anyway she squeezes his neck like as hard as she can and he's just sitting there like um this is like radiating yeah well no and he's like shaking and she's like oh my god am i killing him right now i think i'm killing him and he just starts cackling Mm -hmm. his whole face lights up in this beautiful grin and she's like she's never seen him smile before yeah, and she's like, everyone else doesn't hold a candle to Joshua when he smiles. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought he was okay looking before. He is glorious. <laughs> May I read? Yes, when please. Josh smiles, he is blinding. My heart is pounding, and I frantically catalog this moment in the half light. It's the only one I'll get while delirious with fever. If only I could hold on to this moment. I already feel the sadness that will hollow me out when it ends. I want to tell him, don't leave yet. My fingers must be flexing because he laughs until the mattress is shaking beneath us. A diamond wet sparkle of light in the corner of his eye is a bullet to my heart. I'll be able to replay this beautiful, impossible moment in my memory when I'm 100 years old. Go ahead and kill me, Shortcake, he laughs, wiping his eye with his hand. You know you want to. So bad, I tell him, like he once told me. Mm. Oh, it's so good. (sighs) So bad. So... I think actually that might be where we need to leave. No, 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 no. This can't be. Man, this week I posted a deal that Tiffany Rice had on the the red this week. What are you showing me? Oh, Ember woke up from his nap. So I'm home with Ember at the moment. I know I've been watching the the monitor. And he woke up recently, so okay. I'm gonna have to go up and get him. Okay, that's the only reason I'm stopping. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm sorry, I just listener. wanted to say, like, we we keep doing these two week episodes, and like, there's books that we want to read, but they're like 20 books down on the list, and I know that's like a year now. <laughs> like, we can't. <laughs> anyway, I know we'll we'll start getting better about it. Okay, probably. Yeah, we'll probably. We're sorry. Anyway, this is such a good book, though. It's worth two weeks. Such a good book. It is. Yeah. So, do 
you have a ladybug? I want to refer everyone to this Facebook comment thread. Yeah, we have a really, really good thread going on. Um, the Heaving Bosoms podcast, Geriatric Friendship Cult. Yeah. Annie H. posted on our Instagram and said, hey, you guys ought to do like a thing where everybody else can send in their lady loves. And I was like, why don't you post it on the cult? And then people comment. And people did. There's like a hundred of them. Like, it's amazing. It's good. So join the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult on Facebook. Uh, it's free except for your possessions. And then... Yes. Go on there. Lots of lady loves. Yeah. And we'll... um. I mean, I'm probably going to be trying some of these out as well Mm -hmm. and like sharing them sometimes if they work for me too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of good shit on there. Actually, mine is coming sort of from there because I remembered something that I really like doing that I hadn't done in a really long time as a result of the comments on on the cult. So my lady love this week is if you feel like you need, you know, some sort of mood boost or whatever. I really like essential oils and like smelling nifty or whatever. But a lot of times, you know, they might interact not so great with your skin if you don't dilute them a lot. Mm -hmm. So my latest trick has been to put essential oils in the tips of my hair. Ooh. Because then it's like around my face all day and I can smell it, but it's not directly on my skin. It's not directly on my person. Mm, And it makes um, those ends look good too. It does. Yeah. Well, and I moisturize a lot with just like straight up jojoba oil or other different oils. So I know it, about it does your jojoba work for oil. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the only thing I use to moisturize oh. my skin and it works super well. That was also when you visited me in Maryland. I just made fun of your jujube oil like all day. Jujube <laughs> oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i had to pick some up i had just yeah. run out like, and so i was like no we have jojo to go booby to oil Foods, you're so like we're... we have to go get some and i'm like you need your jojo booby oil <laughs> or you cannot survive a day and you were like yes it's like okay <laughs> yeah okay so you can find us uh on instagrams at heaving bosoms on Facebook at Heaving Bosoms Podcast or on the Heaving Bosoms Podcast Geriatric Friendship Cult. You can find us on Twitter at Heaving underscore Bosoms. I'm actually going to say my personal Instagram out loud too. What? Because other, I mean, it's public anyway. Oh. But other people have been asking about like pictures of Ember or like what my family looks like or whatever. So if you want to check out my personal Instagram, it's um at splendidly am mm-hmm. yeah you guys cannot have my i will not be your friend cannot sorry <laughs> cannot will not those of you who have facebook friend requested me i'm sorry it's not personal i just nope sorry yeah Love totally you guys. totally well i don't think that like instagram and facebook are two different things for me i'm so surprised you yours know. is public anyway yeah yeah it is oh and then you can always email us at evenbosomspodcast at gmail.com that's right <laughs> yay all right, well, this Hufflepuff loves you <laughs> so much. This Slytherin, Slytherin or not. loves this Hufflepuff in her <laughs> sad black heart. Her elitist, mean black heart. I just don't want to be a Slytherin. Anyway. Okay, so keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love diving into a cab after some gas station ham. <laughs> You get that gas station lunch meat. Get it, girl. Get it. All right. She will deny it until the end of time, but it happened. We all know it. It's fine. All right. All right. Love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Mel. Bye. 
Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.